0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. daily tech news show is made possible by its listeners thanks to all of you including brandon brooks alexander nasiev and hector bones coming up on dtns is sharing a netflix password illegal in the uk it apparently is plus whether facial recognition is at fault for a Rockets ban and youtube looks to be the next home of the nfl sunday ticket <laughs> This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, December 21st, 2022 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt.
2: And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane.
1: Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chen. We are excited to be here, folks. I know a lot of these other podcasters have already faded out that's it they're done you're not going to get anything no we're not fading out until friday so hang in there with us uh and we even pre-recorded stuff for next week so be on the lookout for that we got some special holiday episodes coming your way but we're not done yet let's start with the quick hits
2: Anchor has admitted that its Eufy security cameras pose a security risk in a new blog post, although, as The Verge points out, there's no real apology here or even a real explanation as to why a security researcher was able to view an unencrypted stream remotely from an always local, always end-to-end encrypted camera anchor says no user data has been exposed but that starting today some things will change users can log into their web portal to view live streams of their cameras but can no longer view live streams or share active links to the le- live streams with others outside of yufi's secure web portal
1: good <laughs> that's, that's i all guess I, that's all i have to say like it, like begrudging the took right direction long enough <laughs> Uh, Twitter CEO Elon Musk indicated on Twitter Wednesday that he would resign as CEO as soon as he finds a replacement. And in a conversation on Twitter Spaces, Musk said that after cost-cutting measures and increased subscriber revenue, he believes, quote, that Twitter will in fact be okay next year.
2: Analyst Ming-Chi Kuo said in a series of tweets that Apple will cancel or at least postpone mass productions of the 2024 iPhone SE4 due to consistent lower-than-expected shipments of middle-tier and lower-end smartphones like the iPhone SE3, the iPhone 13 mini, and the iPhone 14+. Plus. Quote, also added that the full-screen design that Apple wants for the iPhone SE4 will mean higher costs and price tags, so the company may need to, quote, reconsider the product positioning and return on investment, end quote, for the SE4
1: raspberry pi ceo Evan upton said consumers should not expect a raspberry pi 5 system on a chip next year he described 2023 as a recovery year uh the chip shortage restrained availability of existing pi boards over the last 18 months and upton said it couldn't ramp up demand for a new board in the next year so they're gonna catch up just not yet
2: EU antitrust regulators opened an in-depth investigation into Broadcom's proposed $61 billion acquisition of VMware. Broadcom makes server chips used in servers that often run multiple VMware instances. The EU will investigate whether the acquisition would result in competition restriction for non-Broadcom hardware that works with VMware. Regulators will report their findings by May 11th.
1: All right. Check it out. We'll be there. May 11th. It looks like NFL Sunday Ticket is going to YouTube now. NFL Sunday. This would (laughs) happen. This has made Sarah very happy. NFL Sunday Ticket, if you don't know, is the one that lets you watch NFL games that you otherwise would not be able to watch. Most TV markets in the U.S. get around four games every Sunday, uh, one on Fox, one on CBS, one after the other. But not every market gets the same four games. So Sunday Ticket lets you watch all the games you don't get. It does black out the local game to encourage you to watch at least that one on your local channel, but that's, that's all about money. Cable services pay to carry local channels, and if you were to just get Sunday ticket without getting local cable service, those local channels would lose out on those sizable carrier fees.
0: Now, up till now... Uh, as of this moment, DirecTV has been the exclusive home of NFL's Sunday ticket, but it will not be renewing its deal at the end of the season. And recently, Apple has been reported to be the service most likely to get that Sunday ticket. But then last week, the deal reportedly fell through. Apple reportedly wanted to get rid of the blackout restrictions, get international rights, possibly include the package at no additional cost with its Apple TV Plus subscription, which currently sits at six ninety nine a month. Contracts with Fox and CBS would also have been altered to allow any of that to happen, uh, including the cheap price. So it ended up not happening at all.
1: Yeah. And as Bat Fink in our chat room puts it, uh, Jets fans look like they'll be able to choose not to watch their team on YouTube TV. Google (laughs) is the new (laughs) front runner. Uh, In fact, by the time you hear this, it might already be announced. The Wall Street Journal was saying, uh, and the New York Times was saying that the uh, decision to grant the NFL Sunday ticket contract to Google might be finalized at an NFL owners meeting, which I think is happening as we're recording. Wall Street Journal says Sunday ticket would be available as an add on not just for YouTube TV, like you would add Showtime to YouTube TV or NBA League Pass or something, uh, but also on YouTube proper. So you wouldn't have to have YouTube TV. You could add it through YouTube premium channels just to your regular YouTube.com premium subscription. It would not affect deals for Sunday Night Football on NBC. That's going to stay there. Monday Night Football is going to stay on ESPN. Thursday Night Football is going to stay on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, But it does look like they moved quick. They probably you know, kept those conversations warm in case things fell through with Apple, especially because it looked like things were going to fall through with Apple for a couple of weeks, so they probably were ready to go. And that, uh, Sarah, you're, you, you're going to be able to watch your 49ers, is that right?
2: They are, yes, yeah, gold pants, represent. But uh, yeah, so this uh, the whole YouTube thing is, I don't really have a horse in this race. Uh, you know, it's like, whatever company can pay for the rights, uh, and they come to an agreement is where I'm going to eventually find those games. But as a person who is invested in football, in the NFL, um, I find the whole thing a little amusing that, yeah, you've still – if you want to watch football all weekend, and many people do, it's like, all right, so let's start on Thursday. Thursday night is Amazon. Then you go over to some network TV. Then you hit ESPN. Then you might – Go to YouTube TV for Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football is a whole different ball game because you got ESPN. I mean, it is, this is a dizzying array of choices, uh, even if you kind of know what's going on here. And I can see why it's so frustrating for everybody. That said, uh, the uh, Sunday ticket is a big deal. And if it does come to Google, which would mean YouTube. Uh, you know, in some capacity, YouTube TV is my cable alternative of choice. You know, I'm I'm down with that. Uh, you know, the blackout restrictions are annoying, but it's always been that way. So I guess I'm just used to it.
0: Uh, as far as my perspective on this, I'm, <laughs> Tom and I had a conversation about this earlier, and this keeps happening to me. Every year, I sit down with my wife and go, it's not like a special meeting, but we have this conversation. Should we get into All the games this year, instead of just our sort of playoffs and Super Bowl kind of lifestyle. What if we actually cared all the way through the season about how various teams do like we used to do in, you know, back in the day? And I think part of it, you know, ended for me when I when I cut the cord back in 07 or 08 and really never looked at cable again because cable's where this stuff lived. So now that it's finally off of there and I'm feeling this urge again next year to have like a proper season follow through. This has me pretty excited, maybe more than ever, and I don't know why exactly except I think having it out of the contract with a cable provider, uh, despite them having some digital options, and in the hands of a pure digital source for me, which is YouTube, is more motivating. I don't even know why. I don't have a good answer for why. I just think I'm going to do it now. Um, Would I have liked this to be part of Apple 699 deal that I already pay? Absolutely, I would have. I don't know what YouTube's going to do to, to drag me in. Will it be a part of their $10 a month subscription? I don't know.
1: No. <laughs> I'll no that one right our Ars, yeah. Ars Technica pointed out that there is a contract provision between the NFL and CBS and also with Fox that says that NFL Sunday ticket has to be sold at a premium price because they don't want it to be so cheap that people don't watch the games on it on Fox and CBS they right. they want to limit how many people go they want only the most enthusiastic fans to go to it which is one of the reasons Apple didn't get it for $6.99 so no this is not going to be part of the $65 a month you pay uh, for YouTube TV uh, certainly not what you pay for YouTube premium it's it's gonna be an add-on price and NFL Sunday ticket is $300 a season right now on DirecTV that doesn't pay for itself they have 1.5 Million Sunday Ticket subscribers, they pay one point five billion a year. But the idea is that they get, they keep those people on tv with other subscriptions, and then they pay for HBO, and then that makes it worth it. It's it's almost a loss leader, and I assume that's what Google's thinking here too.
0: Yeah, and it's probably what Apple would, was hoping to do. They were going to yep. loss lead that as well. But yep. in this yeah, particular case, iPhones. I guess it just depends on what they call premium. If right now the three hundred dollar mark is is what's considered premium. It's still in the ballpark of what I think I would do. Um so this is more of a question of do I really want to invest in a in an NFL season in a hardcore way, like Sarah, who's, you know, our our my grand example today of someone who really cares about football and doesn't just show up at the end like I do. So I I, I don't know, but uh I guess I'll wait and see what they charge and pull the trigger or not.
2: I mean okay. Uh that said, you know, the three hundred dollar annual fee is like If you're used to it, okay. If you've been paying for that and you think it's worth it for you, great. Um, I think that's wildly overpriced. um, But I understand the restrictions that have been in place for some time to make that price make sense. And even as you said, Tom, for DirecTV, they're not even making money off of that. Uh, So... How this works going forward will be interesting. Um, how, uh, let's let's just say the Google deal goes through, how this will be an add-on for YouTube TV or YouTube premium separately, um, and what that will cost, uh, it, it, that's, that's what I'm most interested in.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what they'll price it at uh, and how, how they'll package it. Uh, there's some fans hoping uh, that they will introduce per game, so, that you don't have to pay the whole $300 that you could just mm-hmm. pay for, for particular yeah. games. Uh, your 49ers are still going to be on your local channel, though. They're not going to be on NFL Sunday ticket. They're going to be blacked out. Uh, and and that's going to be true for everybody's local team. So, YouTube TV is going to have to make sure they have local carriage agreements with people. Because if they get people in because, like, ooh, NFL, and then it's like, oh, I can get everything but my local team because you don't have an agreement with Fox in this market, that's going to be right. a, an issue.
2: And that's been such a, you know, for a lot of people who don't understand how these agreements work, they're like, but it's my team. Mm-hmm. It's the only team I care about. I actually don't even want to watch all this other stuff, which is why a lot of people don't pay for things yeah. like
1: that. no, exactly. Uh, not to mention, YouTube TV doesn't have bally sports, so even though that's not football, if you're a sports fan, you're going to be like, well, wait, if I switch to YouTube TV, now I can't watch the basketball, the hockey team, <laughs> the baseball team, if Bally's is the one who carries your your local sports there. So yeah, it's it's going to to complicate things and this is going to keep getting more complicated until it all shakes out we're in the transition period from cable to digital um and and this is just going to be one of those steps along the way
2: well, thanks again to KV87 on our subreddit for flagging this story. It's been floating around for the last day or so, but we have a little bit more information, and there's a tech angle, so stay with me here. NBC News in New York reported earlier this week that on Thanksgiving weekend, a Girl Scouts troop was attending a rockets show at Radio City Music Hall. Probably pretty fun. Lots of people are going to be there. However, one of the parents of the participants of the Girl Scout troupe was not allowed to enter the facility.
1: The parent in question's name is Kelly Conlin. Conlon works for a law firm called Davis, Saperstein & Solomon, which is representing claimants. In an ongoing personal litigation, personal injury litigation against MSG Entertainment, which operates Radio City Music Hall. MSG has a policy that it does not allow attorneys pursuing active litigation against it from attending events at their venues until the litigation is resolved. They're trying to protect themselves from attorneys doing a little like, you know, snooping around. Mm-hmm. Conlin is not working on this particular case, but MSG says the policy applies to everyone who's an attorney at the firm that way they don't the attorneys don't do things like oh I'm not on this case but I'm going to snoop around for my buddy at the work who is it just says blanket thing if you work at that that organization until the case you is done come in. you can't come in
2: yeah so while Davis, Saperstein, and Solomon were uh, made aware of this policy other firms have sued over the same thing and Conlin thought a recent judge's order said that ticket holders could not be denied entry Now, in response, Davis, Saperstein, and Solomon is challenging MSG's liquor license, since that license requires them to admit members of the public, unless there are people who would be disruptive or who constitute a security threat. Now, you might say, okay, all fine and good. Why are we talking about this on DTNS?
1: Yes, because MSG venues, Madison Square Garden, that's what the MSG is for, and Radio City Music Hall, which they operate have signs up that notify visitors that facial recognition is in use as a security measure. And in fact, Conlon claims a security guard said our recognition picked you up before asking to see ID. So here's the question. Facial recognition did not make a mistake. That was Kelly Conlon. Facial recognition recognized Conlon. The security people said, are you Conlon? Looked at the ID and said, oh, you are. Well, unfortunately, our policy doesn't let you to come in. We can have a separate conversation about whether MSG's policy of kicking out lawyers is a good one or not. Uh, I'm not sure that I think it's great. I understand it, but I don't love it. I, I think it's a little abusive, especially when you can't go in with your daughter to... Go to see the Rockettes but it was applied to the letter so is facial recognition the problem here
2: Scott yeah, yeah Scott I mean what do you think?
0: M- my take is no um I think the technology is usually not at fault at all it's the use of the technology I don't I don't like this particular use to use of it in this case I feel like there ought to be some granularity on how you apply it um I think just rubber stamping it and saying well this is the deal so sorry you're out isn't up to snuff in this one case um because we're talking about a private company uh or a company that's you know not the government i think that that separates a lot of the of of the some of the bigger issues or questions about surveillance so i'm glad that those don't come up in this but um yeah i feel like the technology is never the problem it's usually us and how we apply it And i think this probably needs some some rework uh, at the very least
2: i mean the 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 whole idea that m s g venues uh you know radio city musical as a as a very large example saying listen, we tell people that there is facial recognition in place it's for everyone's safety, et cetera et cetera is not i mean that doesn't really raise my eyebrows all that much uh not every venue does that, but hey, you know this is New York City a lot of people come through there i get it um for for that venue to then say, ooh, you belong to, you know, that law firm that we don't like very much. And even though you don't seem to really have any direct uh, involvement with this particular lawsuit that we're having with that law firm, you are not allowed to enter is within their rights. You might say, well, that's rude. That's mean. You know, it ruined the daughter's day. And maybe that's all true. But it's not illegal to do that. So I guess it kind of turns into a conversation of, okay, well, when facial recognition works, which it did in this case, you know, at what point do we say, well, that's not fair?
1: Yeah, uh, the argument I've heard against this is that if they hadn't been using facial recognition, they wouldn't have known that Conlin was the person who worked for the law firm. And therefore, uh, there wouldn't have been any problem. But to me, that's just saying, oh, they would have got away with it, right? Facial recognition made sure they didn't get away with it. It's hard to separate. I get it because I too think this is a horrible policy. It's like, no, you can't go in with your daughter to see the Rockettes because you work at a law firm. Uh, I. But what if it was this person was banned because they had been disruptive, because they had tried to light a fire one time uh, and they, right. they wouldn't have recognized them if it hadn't been for facial recognition? Would you feel the same way about the facial recognition being used in that case? Uh, to me, I think- it's really hard not to get confused with this is a horrible policy and they used facial recognition which makes me hate the facial recognition because it allowed them to enforce the horrible policy when it's not the facial recognition's problem it's yes they wouldn't have been able to enforce the policy but the policy's still there either way
0: Yeah it's complicated the the whole part about it being discriminatory or you know the question about whether it's discriminatory is an interesting one because this isn't one based on ethnicity or race or or gender or any of that. This is a, this is a restriction based on, we don't like you <laughs> like it, like a weird yeah. uh, professional, like uh, competitive reason. It's, it's unusual, right? Uh, so Nick- part of me is glad that this is getting talked about. Cause I don't think people think about this very much, but this sort of stuff happens and
1: it's now, out there. Nick with the, the C asks a good question. Why'd they let them get the, t- why did Conlin why was Conlin able to buy a ticket? Uh, and, I don't know, maybe the Girl Scout troop bought the tickets and they were just distributed, so they never saw Conlan's name. That That is possibly an explanation. And they let her buy the ticket without telling her about this. No, they told Davis, Saperstein, and Solomon, MSG says they told them twice that none of your employees will be allowed to attend. Uh, and it's pretty clear to me from Conlon's quotes that Conlan knew that. Uh, And was like, but I thought a lawyer because because they said, I thought this judge's ruling would allow me in. So it's not like they didn't know this was a risk. I kind of wonder if they knew this was going to happen and were and Mm. wanted to get the press out of it as well.
2: That is a possibility
1: as well. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Well, folks. This came thanks to our subreddit. Thank you, KV87. Uh, Get in there and be like KV87. Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. Submit stories. Vote on the ones that are there at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com.
0: Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an airbnb hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle if you live in a big game town you can airbnb your place for fans to stay in your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: introducing WonderSweep from bluehost.com website creation is hard Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The UK Intellectual Property Office said Tuesday it believes that sharing passwords for services like Netflix breaks UK law. The office originally posted this guidance on its website, but has since removed it. However, the office confirmed to the BBC that password sharing where the intent is to allow a user to access copyrighted material without payment may breach contracts, constitute fraud, or qualify as secondary copyright infringement. The office said it would be up to service providers to take actions in court, but that it's possible in some cases that charges could be referred to police for criminal investigation and possibly uh, prosecution. None of that is really likely to happen. No,
1: the UK police have never given an indication that they're going to investigate password sharing. I think they probably have other things to do. (laughs) And Netflix (laughs) has never indicated it was going to sue people. They have not gone. They've been very gentle about this. But it is developing a system to detect password sharing and encourage users to either set up their own account or pay extra for a sub account. Netflix believes more than 100 million viewers use the service with borrowed passwords. So converting even 1% of that would mean several million dollars in revenue. In fact, analysts at Cohen think it could raise around $721 in revenue next year in the U.S. and Canada alone, where an estimated 30 million share passwords.
2: Yeah, so details on how Netflix is actually going to crack down on passwords or want to worldwide... Haven't been announced uh, in any formal sense, but they've conducted tests in several Latin American countries, one of which, when password sharing was detected, Netflix sent a code to the email of the primary account holder, and the viewer had 15 minutes to enter that uh, that that code. And then even then, the user still might get prompts to pay an added monthly fee to stay on the account or to migrate their profile to a new account. So Netflix is definitely paying attention to this and probably has a lot of data on where this kind of stuff is going on.
1: Yeah, but they're going to have to be conservative about how they use that data. Netflix updated its help pages this year to say it's going to use IP address, device ID, and account activity to help it detect password sharing. But there are situations where the IP address can be in two places and it's not password sharing, or at least it's legitimate password sharing or device IDs are moving around or, you know, you've got two SIM cards in your phone. Uh, doesn't want to crack down on a large number of people who are not sharing passwords. That's going to blow back on it. People are mad enough about this. Uh, as it is. Uh, And they're going to have to make sure that if you're traveling, you know, you're on a three-week vacation, you don't get the pop-up just because you're in a different location. Uh, Children sometimes travel between two parents' house. So if that child's logging in, that should be legitimate. They're a member of the household. How are you going to account for that? Uh, And of course, uh, people use Netflix on mobile. Uh, India was used as an example where people, majority of people use Netflix on mobile. They're moving around. They might have multiple SIM cards. These are not insurmountable challenges, but they do complicate matters. So, Scott, how are you feeling about password sharing now?
0: Well, as someone who has maybe a couple of his kids borrowing his password, just saying maybe, not saying for sure. They're
1: your kids. They're in your household.
2: No, no, no. Scott is just saying someone's kids. Yeah, someone's kids.
0: I'll go ahead and say, sure, we'll say someone's (laughs) kids. Um, Maybe one of their kids (laughs) is currently in Iceland for two months and uh, maybe is using that password. I don't know, but... I part of the part of me wonders if there's like a window here for Netflix to say, "Well, look at these tricky res- restrictions in the EU. It's going to force us to make some some fundamental changes." And I'm sorry to let everybody know, but worldwide, it's how it's going to have to be because it's. I mean, system. but
1: that is what's happening. They were, before this UK thing. They were like, "We're making fundamental changes," and it's happening worldwide in 2023. Oh yeah, I just so think this helps. That them. part already happened. I, yeah. I guess what you're saying is is the UK thing helps them justify it. Like, see, we exactly. have to do this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. I think what what it does is it gives them um, not an out, but an ability to say, look, this isn't entirely us. Though. You know, we we may have been indicating that we're pro cleaning this mess up, but also, what are you going to do, governments? Am I right? You know, they can kind of put their hands up a little bit and say, well, now mm-hmm. we have to do it. I think that helps them get whatever goal they're they're aiming for here. And I also – I totally understand why this is frustrating for them and I totally understand why this is law in some places because it can be abused. It just straight up can can be and is abused all the time. Um, whether government should get involved is a whole different conversation. But if Netflix is looking for a slightly more greased uh, palm to get there, I feel like maybe the UK will give it to them.
2: Yeah, I mean <laughs> this all sounds like um... – to me, uh, a little bit of like, let's just put it down on paper how we have said we don't think this is the right thing. You know, you might be committing fraud. You might be breaching contracts. We don't want anything to do with this. We're going to deem it illegal. And we have said so uh, officially. That's kind of what this seems like to me. Now, Netflix's larger problem of, okay, if you're really going to crack down on password sharing, which is a rampant problem, not just for Netflix, but for a lot of streaming services. All right, well, yeah, how are you gonna do it? How are you gonna do it in a way that if I, Sarah, uh, am in Iceland for two months, um, you know, how are you not gonna be like, well, that's obviously not you because you live in Northern California? It's like, it could be me. And in that case, maybe it is me. And you, you know, if you're on some sort of a family plan, people do move around. And, As Tom mentioned, SIM cards do get swapped out and a lot of that information, (coughs) pardon me, um, does become problematic for Netflix to enforce because if they really want to enforce it, you know, down to the person, that's not a job that they want to do.
1: I I have been assuming from the beginning that this is going to be very softly done. Uh, Their job is not to convert all hundred million to become paying subscribers. I don't think, when I say that, I mean, I don't think Netflix sees that as their goal. Their goal is to get even 1%. Uh, Like we said, that that would bring them in a few hundred million dollars uh, because you're talking about seven to $10 a month. So that's, you know, up to $120 a year or more. If somebody is like, ah, fine, I'm going to pay for the HD. I want the multiple accounts, whatever, right? Uh, So this is because Profit margins are being squeezed. Uh, they are looking for hundreds of millions do- of dollars that that they can they can make up for. So it's in their best interest to overcorrect against. Uh, cracking down on people who are legitimate, uh, Netflix has previously expressed that as their opinion they 're like we think password sharing kind of helps us, so I feel like they have to do this for shareholders. They have to do it for rights holders as well who don't who don 't want you know the the amount that Netflix is making to be less than it should because they get a cut you know based on residuals and royalties and payments and stuff like that uh, but I think what they 're going to do is Really say, like, hey, we'll give you a pop up that says, hey, we think your password sharing will annoy you a little, but I don't think they're going to really even cut people off. They are certainly not going to drag people to court, at least not under the current administration of Netflix. You know what hits
0: opinion. me? You know what hits me about this just a tiny bit is that the rest of the streaming world can kind of sit back a little bit and yes. see how this gets resolved. Very and then they're going to want to implement this stuff too, but they can do it on the sly when it's done. They're like, well, that worked for Netflix, so now yep. we're going to do it. Like they all have, they got a little bit of skin in this.
1: Hundred percent. HBO Max, yeah. Peacock, Disney Plus—they're all like, "Yep, you get, let us
2: know how that goes." We'll
1: just, oh, that's what worked. great. That's what we're doing. Okay, got it.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Well, thanks to everybody who submits stories uh, and votes on them in our subreddit, or emails us stories, uh, or shares stories in our Discord. Uh, you make the show better, so thank you to all of you. Also, thanks to you, Scott Johnson, for being with us today. Let folks know where they can keep up with all that you do.
0: Well, sure. There's a lot going on, and I've always got something new and fresh going on, but I'd like to point people to a show that's now been around since 2011. If you like daily content, especially in the sort of comedy realm, and you just want a good time in the morning, uh, check out The Morning Stream, which you can find at frogpants.com TMS, or wherever The Morning Stream is served up as a podcast. And uh, the reason I mention this is because next week we're going to have just a little lighter, more fun sort of approach to the to the holiday in-between times. And uh, we're going to have a great time on there. We'd love to have more people there. So check it out. Again, that is The Morning Stream, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Excellent. Thanks to our brand new boss. That boss's name is Tiff. Tiff just started backing us on Patreon. Thank you, Tiff. Welcome. Thank come. you,
1: Tiff. Thank you, Tiff. Tiff, Tiff is the best. <laughs> Tiff for president of our hearts. Today. <laughs> That's right. Uh yeah, Tiff Tiff is now a brand new patron. Uh welcome Tiff, patreon.com slash DTNS. And Tiff, you and any patron, in fact, anybody watching the show, even if you're not a patron, uh email us your questions and answers. We're gonna get to them on Friday's show. It's our last live show until CES. Uh so come on in, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. What have you always wanted us to tell you? What question do you have? Have feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com.
2: Yeah, we've gotten a few AMA questions so far, which is kind of fun, uh, which we're banking. So, yeah, keep them coming. You know, and nothing is off the table. I mean, we <laughs> can't guarantee we'll answer every single
1: Our question. Our answer might be it. we're not going to answer that, but we yeah, will address but, every question. But
2: we <laughs> still want you to submit your questions. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Speaking of patrons, stick around for the extended show. Patrons know about it already. Good day internet rolls right in after we wrap up DTNS. But just a reminder, we do the show live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. And you can find out more at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash live. We're back doing it all again tomorrow with Rob Dunn. joining us, talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog
0: Pants Network. Get more at FrogPants.com. Prime and Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.
1: <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free, or go to Amazon.com/newsadfree.